Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michelle. And today we're going to do a short video on Venus moving into the third decan of Aquarius. So we'll be examining some of the significations of the space in the zodiac between 20 and 30 degrees of Aquarius. And we will take a look at Venus's square to Mars and Venus making a conjunction with a few fixed stars. Uh, one at 23 degrees of Aquarius called Sadal Sud and another in a similar degree called Deneb El-Gedi. Um, before I get started today, I wanted to say thank you to a few people. Um, I was just uh, fortunate enough to be a guest on uh, the Creative Introvert podcast. So uh, my good friend Kat uh, hosts this podcast, and she was uh, able to post uh, the video of our talk today. So you can check her out at Kat Rose Nelligan. Uh, that's on YouTube, and or you can look up the creative introvert. And we had a really nice talk about the diamonds, fixed stars, uh, all things astrology, and how to practice your creativity along with that. So a really nice talk, and I really enjoyed my time there with her. So I'll, I will link that to this video. Um, so please uh, support her channel, give her a subscribe and a like as well, um, and that can we can spread the love. Uh, so check that out. And I also wanted to let you know that I'm going to be doing a, a talk on the fixed stars for a group, an astrology group in Victoria, British Columbia this coming Sunday. Now, it will be online, so anyone can attend anywhere around the world. So that'll be at 2 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday, February the 21st. So I will, again, I'll put a link to the, the meetup with that. It's a donation-based uh, talk, so no one will be turned away. The suggested donation is $10 to $20, but if you don't have the funds right now, as a lot of people are going through some stuff, just show up and, and be part of the experience. Um, so keep your eyes peeled for that. I'm excited about that as well. So those are some of the housekeeping things that I wanted to talk about before we got into it today. Let's take a look at our chart. I hope that you're all doing well out there. Um, hello to new people following the channel. Every time I go on and do some of these talks with folks, I get uh, a nice little boost with new people following the channel. So I wanted to reach out to you and say, welcome to the Spencer Michelle Astrology channel and thank you for your support. I hope to be of service for you moving forward. All right. So what we're looking at this week uh, is, and actually we've got two charts here to show you kind of the, the journey of Venus through the last decade of Aquarius. This is going to be taking place from February the 17th at about 8.18 in the morning, Eastern Standard Time. And Venus will be traversing these degrees until her in ingress into Pisces, zero degrees Pisces, on the 25th of February. So we've got roughly, what is it, eight days here of uh, Venus left in, in Aquarius. And Venus is actually going to improve her condition quite a bit uh, when she moves into Pisces. Uh, she is said to be in her exaltation in Pisces, which is a, a place where she feels very comfortable and is honored for all of her gifts and is able to do a lot of the things that she likes to do, like harmonize and bring people together, uh, practice universal love and acceptance. Um, but let's talk about what we're going to do for the last, you know, section here. So, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Venus is the planet of good fortune. Um, it was on the, it is in the lunar sect, 
So it is part of, is related to chance and 2K. So a lot of the things when we're doing Venus things is we're trying to learn how to receive the good things in life. Uh, it may be associated with our desires, what we find beautiful, how we harmonize and bring our worlds into balance. And right now we're finishing up Venus's journey through a Saturn ruled sign. So Aquarius is ruled by Saturn in the tradition. So when we think about our astrological sentences, we're going to be uh, using Venus as the verb. Uh, so we're harmonizing, right? We are desiring, we're finding beauty, we are glamorizing, we are purifying or cleansing something. That's Those are other significations associated with Venus. Um, and we're doing that through things that are going to be offered up by Saturn. And since Saturn is in the same temple, or its own temple, we're going to be seeing things like uh, you know, distance. We're going to be seeing things um, potentially contraction, uh, but also that kind of contraction might lead to new organizational systems, new laws, new ideals, uh, long-term thinking, long-range thinking, where we're trying to hover above something and get, get a perspective on what we are experiencing, where we are taking stock of the past and trying to figure out what we're going to bring with us into the future. We may be feeling a little bit on the fringes of society. We may be feeling a little exiled. We may be glamorizing being on the fringes of society and being exiled with Venus in this place. Uh, the way to create good fortune in your life right now is to be able to accept the fact that you don't necessarily need to be um, front and center, that uh, you don't necessarily need people's approval to be your true self. Um, one of the things that we're really looking at when we dive into the tarot of Aquarius is it really is a story, I think, of leaving the past behind. Um, in these cards in particular, we see, uh, you know, almost like a, a defeat. We see a leaving, uh, a leaving the, the known, um, the things that we're familiar with. And, you know, sneaking away from an encampment. That's really the card associated with the third decan of Aquarius is this seven of swords where we see a figure that's sneaking away into the, into the distance, leaving an encampment at the secret of the night. And he's looking over his shoulder, carrying those five swords, leaving two behind. Okay, this, these might be the swords that were won or lost in the battle uh, that we saw in the five of swords, okay, which was the first decan of Aquarius. So again, this isn't a great time to figure out if you can harmoniously, Venus, leave something behind. And what are you going to move towards? What knowledge and wisdom are you going to bring with you into the next cycle and into the next experience when we're going to go off into the labyrinths of our minds in the first decade of Pisces to try to find new meaning? We may be leaving some of our material successes behind as we transition into uh, Pisces season. And we're, we're really trying to uh, find an animating spirit again uh, at, after we have left behind some of our past experiences. So get prepared for that because one of the things that we're going to see during this cycle of Venus is the sun's going to move into Pisces on the 19th as well. So if I were to go through this a little bit day by day, we can see that, you know, two days after this ingress into the third decan, you know, the sun's going to be changing signs. 
So that's going to really shift our awareness. That's going to shift uh, the way that we are, the, our focal point. Um, I'm almost thinking of the sun. I don't know. I just got done watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy with my family. And I, I think of the sun almost as like the eye of Sauron at this point. <laughs> you know, it's like, what, 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 where is our gaze going to fall upon? And I don't think the sun is, is necessarily evil like that, but, but it's definitely about a focal point for our energy and what we are bringing to awareness through shining a light on something. So that's going to be part of our, of our story here as we move through this third decade. Um, one of the things that we see with this seven of swords is we may be trying to untangle from a difficult situation. Um, I've talked to a number of people in the last few weeks, both friends and clients that are, have found themselves in a little bit of a pickle and are trying to figure out how to gracefully, uh, you know, untie the knots that are keeping them tied to these past situations. And we may feel some frustration right now because we have Mars and Saturn in a square. Our action that we want to take, represented by Mars, is sort of being blocked by that overcoming square and Saturn. And uh, that can really lead to some feelings of us feeling stuck and like we're just in a situation that we can't get out of. In the Northern Hemisphere here, we're experiencing some, you know, the, the, the extremes of winter right now with the polar vortex and snowstorms and power outages. And it's even descending into some of the Southern states. And that can lead us feeling a little bit in exile where we can't do some of the regular activities in addition to all of the limitations that we have because of the continuing pandemic. So, you know, it's a, it's the rough time of winter where we're all kind of over it and we're ready for the sun to come back and we're ready for it to get a little warmer. We've been staying inside and we're a little bored and we want to see our friends again. And um, I feel you on that. And uh, I'm with you. I'm right there with you. I, I'm ready for Aquarius season to be, to be over and ready to kind of uh, move forward with life a little bit. But we just have to hang in there for a little bit longer. Um, I think we're, we're really in the home stretch here with winter, and we're going to start seeing signs of spring coming back, both physically and metaphorically, I think. All right, so let's take a look at some of the, the details that we're going to examine here. I'll go through these quickly because I've gone through a lot of this in my sun video with Aquarius 3. Uh, so if you want to get a real deep dive on Aquarius 3, check out the Sun in Aquarius 3 video in my 2021 transit playlist. And also I talked a lot about it with our new moon being uh, at 23 degrees Aquarius in, in the third decan as well. So a lot of information on this particular decan uh, recently in my video series. But just to review really quick, we've got a host Saturn, which is co-present. We are moving into the uh, terms of the malefics with, with Venus. Remember, terms or bound lords were kind of curriculum setters. And when we have Mars at 20 to 25 degrees and Saturn at 25 to 30 degrees Aquarius, we may be, ru bu <laughs> we may be rubber bumping. <laughs> it's going to be my tongue twister for the day. We're going to be rubber baby buggy bumpers into a difficult <laughs> bound lord. <laughs> um, it's always an adventure here on the Spencer Michelle Astrology Podcast. Um, but yeah, we may, we may be running into some difficult waters here, and especially with the square to Mars. Uh, we may be having some difficult conversations that we have to have, and a lot of the uh, support that we were expecting with Venus-type things 
may lead to some of the things that we don't always appreciate about being human, like uh, maybe some discord, some anger, uh, some isolation, um, having to contract or separate from something. And those are things as human beings that are always kind of the, the difficult experiences that we have in life and that we all can't avoid, but are just part of a balanced life experience. Now, again, uh, one of the ways I like to think about malefic planets now is they're not evil. They're not uh, trying to um, make you suffer. A lot of the times they are course corrections. Uh, a lot of the times something has uh, outworn its welcome. It's not even that it's wrong. I, I think that that's one of the things that we have to really watch out for as a society, especially with everything, you know, we all have our opinions on social media and stuff like that is it's very easy to make something wrong when it simply has outlived its time. And I think that it's much easier to let go of something with grace when we realize that, you know, the clock has just struck midnight on some particular part of our life, maybe some relationship some uh, experience that we are holding on to. I don't know about all of you, but I've been going down the, the uh, Mercury retrograde tunnels of memory lately. I've been looking through all sorts of old pictures and videos and you know, remembering some of my music life very fondly and having, having some feelings about it. It always brings up some feelings when you uh, are a very sentimental Cancerian type person and you look back with fondness on some of those good experiences. I will tell you this though, I think it's very easy. And this is something that I want you to keep in mind as we're moving through the last degrees of Aquarius, when we're really trying to leave the past behind, where we have to take the leap into the unknown. That's, gonna, what's, that's what's going to lead to good fortune right now, not getting too nostalgic. Um, it's about taking with you what you've learned and then just being brave enough to, to move on to the next experience. <clears throat> and I will say this, it's very easy to glamorize um, the past. It's very easy to forget uh, the reality of our experiences when we're basing them on memory versus when we're basing them on the present moment and our awareness and our experience in the present moment. So I think that it, it will be much easier to uh, part on good terms if we are not sentimentalizing or over-sentimentalizing the past. Um, that is one of the gifts of Venus in this Deccan, is we can part on good terms. We may, if you, if you have Venus in this Deccan in your birth chart, you may get involved in situations that are maybe karmically based, you may get involved in situations that aren't necessarily meant to be long-term. Um, they may be karmic entanglements that uh, force you, excuse me, that force you eventually to make many partings in your life. Uh, the lesson here is the lesson of, of detachment and not holding on too tightly to those experiences. Um, this could be where you have intellectual rapport with people where your ideals match up, but it might not be a very physical relationship. Um, that's something that a lot of people are experiencing right now. Dating in the age of COVID is, you know, we, we, I can't imagine this. I'm not single right now, but I can't imagine dating right now online. And then like trying to figure out how to um, 
take that to a physical level with somebody or be in their physical space after you've just had this, you know, very intellectual type of exchange with somebody. That's got to be really difficult. I really have a lot of empathy for those of you who are going through that right now. Um, because being in someone's physical space is much, much different than being in their intellectual space. And um, a lot of things can come up when we live with someone every day that might not be able to be seen when we're just interacting over Zoom or something like that. So that's something to keep in mind with Venus in this Deccan as well. Um, we may be thinking about love in an idealistic, um, rational way rather than an, emotion, an emotional way or a physical way or a, even a spiritual way. It's, it's we're kind of like, we like the idea of being in love, but, but the actual hard day-to-day -day work may be more difficult with this position. Um, one of the quotes I wrote down with this is, parting is such sweet sorrow. And I think that that, that is kind of, you know, in, in, encapsulates the vibe of this, this planetary position. And, and, you know, how can we create good fortune in our life by, by holding on loosely? I'm thinking of that 38 special song where it's like, hold on loosely, but don't let it go, you know. Uh, I haven't warmed my voice up today. But basically, if you hold on too tightly, you're going to lose control, okay? Um, all right, so questions to ask yourself. What have you learned from your experience? What stays? What goes? How can you find value in your departure? Uh, how can you take the value of experience and bring it into the next cycle, but not become stuck in the past? A lot of the times when we start new relationships, and this is another um, thing I have been observing in friends and clients lately is, a lot of times when we start a new relationship, um, we are bringing with us either trauma or some of the experiences of the past, assumptions from the past, and we're basing our commitment or our lack of commitment on what we've experienced in the past. And I think that one of the dangers of this placement is if, we're, if our heart is not completely in it, if we're holding a piece of ourselves back in our relationships, that can doom a relationship from the start. So I think something to ask yourself too is, am I relating to the people in my life right now solely based on my experience with them? Or am I basing it on my experiences in the past with people that I, and relationships that I've had, had in the past? And we all do this. I'm, I've been guilty of this in the past. I don't know how many of you have had a, a difficult relationship and the first two months or so is, is, you know, a lot of it can be recovery and talking about your previous relationship and decompressing with your new partner. Now, that's not always the best way to get off on a good foot, but how many of us have been there? I, I know that I have. Um, so just be careful of that. Be careful of, of, of carrying the burdens of the past. This is a, a, a sign where I think we can begin to liberate from the burdens of the past and liberate from old experiences. All right. So uh, just talking more about this, the face rulers of this Deccan are the moon and Venus. Book T calls this card or this Deccan unstable effort. Book of Toth calls it futility. Austin Coppock calls it the knot. So this is why we're talking about untying our karmic entanglements. Um, the daimon or spirit associated with Aquarius 3 is Osiris. 
Now, I thought this one was really uh, apropos for um, our talk today, because the story or the myth of Osiris is that he was murdered by his brother, Set. He was the, the uh, husband of, oh my God, Isis. Sorry, I was having a, a blank moment there. He, he was the consort of Isis. And Isis, you know, went into mourning and was trying to collect all the pieces of Osiris after he was cut into many pieces by his brother, who was very jealous. And she brought the pieces back together to, for uh, them to um, copulate or mate. And from that mating was born their son, Horus. But um, she couldn't keep him together. Okay, so I think that Venus, because Venus likes to harmonize things and unify things, there's a, a real, we are able to see this part of the narrative of Isis and the mythology of Isis of where she's recollecting the pieces. So I think that one thing you can do while Venus is still moving through Aquarius before this flowering of Venus in its exaltation in Pisces, where we're really, uh, we're really going to feel, um, I think, some good feelings, is I want you to collect maybe some of the memories of the past. I want you to collect some of the pieces of your experiences. I want you to connect all the dots. I want you to hover above your life and see it from a detached perspective and see your role in the relationship. I want you to see your uh, actions in regards to your own personal conditioning um, and look at the other person's behavior and see, try to distinguish what was what and how it, it, it brought you to this moment now. And this is like Isis recollecting these, these pieces so that we can give birth to something new, all right? And we can't, we're not bringing these pieces back together to, uh, you know, get back into an old relationship or to sustain um, Osiris's uniformity of form. We're doing it so we can learn something and give birth to something new. And uh, eventually Osiris became the lord of the underworld. So he, he couldn't keep his physical form, but he did have a, a role as, as an underworld lord. Okay, so we're thinking about temporary resurrection of the past so that we can learn something and move forward. Um, we do see Venus being co-present with Jupiter, Mercury retrograde, and Saturn. During this transit, Mercury will station direct. I believe that happens on uh, Friday the 19th. No, it's, I think it's the 20th. With the 19th and 20th, Mercury is going to be stationing, slowing down. Let's take a look here. Yeah, there it is. Okay, it's gone direct on the 20th and the 21st. Okay, late, the, late Saturday the 20th. So we are going to be seeing a moment where we're going to feel our our minds taking a shift. We've been reviewing the past and now we're finally ready after reviewing all of these old experiences to, to move on and to move forward with some kind of new perspective. Um, we do have Saturn here too. So, you know, there's all sorts of competing planetary essences right now in, in the similar area of the Zodiac. So we're trying to juggle a lot of different impulses. We're trying to juggle long-range thinking. We're trying to juggle moving between worlds with Aquarius, with Mercury here. We're trying to juggle, uh, trying to find our integrity through this area of the Zodiac with, with Jupiter, uh, getting in touch with our good daimon, our good spirit. And we're trying to get in touch with uh, being receptive in this area with Venus here. Um, all right. 
So let's talk about the one planet that we are seeing an aspect with, and that is Venus and Mars. So on the 19th of February, we are going to see the perfection of Mars's overcoming square. I'm sorry, Venus's overcoming square with Mars. And Mars, Mars squares, sorry, squares are of the nature of Mars, which means that there is some friction. There is some conflict. There may be some rash actions that take place. Um, Mars is going to be hanging out on a fixed star called Capulus, the sword of Perseus, in the third decan of Taurus, uh, which was about, you know, associated with some hubris. Um, anytime we have a fixed star that is... Uh, associated with like a sword or something like that. You may think of the, the double-edged blade where we may really want to cut through something, but we may do it rashly and create some destruction along the way. So we have to be careful not to become too impulsive about our material actions with Mars in this position. Um, Venus, though, is going to be on uh, two fixed stars or in the area of two fixed stars by projected ecliptical degree. Um, one of them is called Sal del Sud, and that is the a fixed star in the shoulder of the of the constellation Aquarius. And we can think of that as cleansing. All right, like um, I've talked about that fixed star, you know, having some significations based on the myth of Hercules and one of the labors that he was tasked with was cleaning uh, these stables that hadn't been cleaned in many thousands of years. So these are the waters that are cleaning out those, those uh, horse stables that have, you know, layers and layers and layers of garbage built up over time. And we can think of this as, as some of the purification waters that are going to help us to move forward um, with, our, with our integrity intact. Um, Deneb al-Gedi was a fixed star in the tale of Capricorn, and that one was, was kind of called the, the ancient lawgiver. Um, it was associated with establishing new customs and new laws. So again, by our ability to receive Venus, new ways, new unorthodox ways of doing things uh, through maybe our detachment and through our ability to leave the past behind and, and take a leap of faith into the unknown, we're going to be able to harmonize our situation. Now, one of the things that we see with Venus and Mars transits is in Greek mythology, Venus, uh, Aphrodite, and Mars, Ares, were lovers. They were illicit lovers, though. Okay, so Aphrodite was married to Hephaestus, the, the blacksmith, and he was not the most attractive of, uh, of Greek gods. He was, in fact, very homely. And Aphrodite was very beautiful, maybe the most beautiful. Um, and Ares, you know, was, uh, from all accounts, a strapping warrior, uh, much, uh, much the opposite of Hephaestus. And I guess the story goes that, that uh, they met in secret, but Hephaestus sort of had gotten word that they were, uh, you know, having an affair. And he created this invisible net to catch them in the act. And he did just that. And uh, he caught them in the act of uh, cheating and called on all of the Olympian gods to see the, the display of infidelity. And the, the masculine gods, I think, came, and the feminine gods were like, I don't want to see that, from what my understanding of the story. 
Um, so there is some danger in like uh, losing our integrity. Maybe we will have a an impulse to have some kind of uh, to take some kind of action that may be out of alignment with some of the agreements that we've made or the commitments that we've made, and that can really lead to some some challenges. So. Um, be really careful that you don't let your desires, your physical desires, Mars in, in Taurus, uh, get you into uh, trouble with your higher self, with your integrity, um, with the animating principles okay, that, that structure your life. I think this is what my understanding of Aquarius is. These are some of the, the, animated, the animating I, platonic ideals that we base our actions our systems, all of those things on uh, come from, I think, this area of the zodiac in some form or another. So the, the key, though, too, is this is a Saturn-ruled sign. Remember, Saturn doesn't suffer, doesn't suffer fools. And if you uh, make a integrity breach, punishment comes. Uh, and a rebalancing comes. Nemesis will, will find you. And that's something that I think is uh, that you can avoid by slowing down, um, not falling prey to one of the animating spirits of Taurus 3, which was eight or ruin or rashness, folly that comes from ruin, and allowing your faith to lead your actions. Because the, the flip side of eight uh, was the litai. And those were the women that were following after uh, eight and kind of um, offering up uh, retribution and prayers so, or that, so that you could uh, receive, um, oh, I don't know, forgiveness <laughs> for your rash actions. So slow down. Try not to get caught up in the sword of Capulus. Um, also recognize that during this period of time, Mars is going to be uh, making a square, a, a trine, sorry, to Pluto, uh, right on the fixed star Algol too. So if you do have an integrity breach in your relationships, it's very important in the days afterwards, not to get, uh, not to lose your head. This was one of the stories with Algol was like, um, getting so angry that you kind of lost all control. Uh, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't protect yourself. It doesn't mean that if, if there has been a breach that, that you, um, have to be a, a, a victim of it. But if you do get into an argument, it can be very easy for it to blow way out of proportion. So that is a warning that I have for this period of time. I really, I want you to, to dig deep for your patience and for your, um, for your detachment so that you don't get yourself into more trouble than you, than you need to be if that, that were to, to manifest. Okay, so some of the other notes I had here about this disagreements over ideals versus the physical implementation, uh, an illicit love affair of Aries and Aphrodite, potential jealousy or possessiveness. That's another thing that could come up. Um, and I wanted to give you a quote for the Seven of Swords. And this is from Benabel Wen's book, Holistic Tarot. I love the way that she talks about resiliency. In using the tarot, and, and, and I'm extrapolating out using astrology, using the I Ching to become more resilient, because we, we are going to face challenges in our life, but part of our character building experience is how do we recover from them? 
Not how do we deny them, not how do we ignore them or pretend that they don't exist. That's spiritual bypassing uh, or whitewashing something. We don't want to do that. We want to accept them, but then try to learn from it, try to overcome it and, and get back up and keep, keep going. Uh, that's the key. That's how you become a resilient, balanced person over time. Acceptance, but also grit. There's a little bit of grit that it, you learn from those challenging experiences. And she says, when the odds are against me, I can one-up the odds by not playing by their rules. So th again, this is something where we uh, don't necessarily have to do things the way that we've always done it. And that might be where the conflict is coming in as we are really attached to our old um, material systems. And by being able to, to shake it up a little bit and take the, the, um, the path that was less tread, right? Like Robert Frost would say, two, two roads diverged in a yellow wood and, and I took the one less traveled and it's made all the difference. And that could be one of the things that could leave you in good stead this week. Um, I also am realizing that as I'm recording this, we're experiencing a Saturn-Uranus square. So again, the theme of you know, removing outdated systems and shaking things up is really going to be prevalent in the Taurus and Aquarius areas of your life, depending on your rising sign and what topics that's going to represent. Okay, so let's finish this off today and try to keep it shorter. I, I always have trouble with that. I always get rambly. Um, but I have a very simple uh, hexagram for you. Every week or, or every few days, however long I've been doing these videos, I like to do an I Ching reading, uh, which we toss coins or sticks to get these lines, these six lines, broken or unbroken. And sometimes they have changing lines. And today they did not. We got one hexagram and it was the number two. And this hexagram is called Earth uh, or Kun. All right. It was associated with the mountain. If you study like feng shui, this was the mountain, the big earth, okay, the receptive quality. I happen to be a, a kun. Um, it's like your bagua number based on your birthday. Uh, you have like an elemental nature based on, you know, your birth year and whether you're male or female. So earth people, mountain people are, uh, you know, they're fairly set in their ways. They're kind of consistent. And that is something that I, you know, I, I try to be people's rock. You know, I try to be people's mountain. And um, it's hard for me to change my mind sometimes. And uh, But one of the things that this uh, hexagram speaks to is becoming receptive like the earth, not just becoming that solidified piece of rock. Uh, that was another name for this hexagram, which was uh, the receptive or natural response. So in one of my favorite translations by Hilary Barrett, she asks these focused questions. She says, how are you being guided? How can you lend your strength? Okay, so that goes back to like me saying, I want to be somebody's mountain. I want to lead my, uh, lend my stability to people so that they can lean on me in difficult times. And I, that's part of what I'm offering up on this channel is hopefully some bringing some stability to your life by 
uh, connecting you with spirit and connecting your physical experience with some of the, the maybe the mind of, of the divine. That's what we're doing here. We're second guessing the mind of the divine to try to f- find some understanding and acceptance of the times that we're in. That can lead to alleviating some of our suffering. So some of my notes that I said here, I said, gaining receptivity like Aphrodite, allowing herself to be adorned. So one of the quotes that comes up with hexagram number two, it says, become steadfast as a mare. And a, and a, a mare is like a, a horse that allows herself to be led. So this isn't a time where we should try to lead assertively. This is a time where we should look around and say, who needs our strength? Who can we be a rock for? How can we find a balance between you know, exploring our own personal calling and working with others? Um, how can we find, perhaps we can find meaning in uh, taking on a role within a group. Uh, and this can be something where we may have to tolerate some burdens. We may have to bear with some of the people uh, and things in our life. And we can find success through that perseverance, through that resiliency. But the, I think the key here is to be open to is what is being presented to you right now. Because a lot of the times when we get stubborn and we say, we've, this is the way I've always done it. This is, you know, I know where I'm going. But then life brings you something like Venus brings you some good fortune, but it doesn't look the way that you expect it to. A lot of the times we can say, that's not it. <laughs> you know, that's, I've done this. I'm a Taurus moon. So a lot of the times I'll be like, this is the way I do it. Uh, no, that's not it. And I'm realizing this and it's um, self-awareness is, is really important. So if there is some things that look different, but the essence of them is true is rooted in integrity. And sometimes you can't know that until you you try to participate in something and really get to understand it. So one of the things that we can do is, is uh, give something a chance before we reject it. Um, I don't know about all of you, but a lot of earth moons that I know, our first answer is no. <laughs> like that's usually my first answer when anybody comes to me with something is nah. <laughs> like, and I have to like feel it in my body. I have to come around to it. And maybe at this point, Instead of maybe the first answer being no, like consider if it fits into your life, but maybe take a chance on it. Uh, Allow yourself to be led to the new experience because we can't always know how something is going to turn out. And that's where the faith comes in. That's where the leap of faith and leaving the unknown, like in the seven of swords comes in, is uh, we use the, the quality of our character to be able to have faith that by taking a step like, like the fool card, right? Um, we may be leading ourselves into a beautiful new experience. Yeah, we might be walking off a cliff, but I don't think that's the, the case here. I think that this is about uh, learning to receive and learning to receive the unexpected, okay? Learning to receive something that doesn't necessarily uh, look like the form that we're used to it looking like. All right, everyone. That is what I have for you today. I hope that you're doing well out there. Uh, I very much enjoy all of the feedback that you have. So leave me a comment. Leave me your story of what you are leaving behind. Uh, Leave me your experience of Venus and Mars and how you're working through that. And how are you finding resiliency? What opportunities have come to you that may uh, be unexpected, that may be looking a little bit differently than you're used to? 
let me know and let's celebrate those together and let's uh, figure out how we can all, you know, bring all these pieces together to, to, you know, bring a new, a new experience together and, and to embrace the dawn of a new day. Um, so that's what I've got for you. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel here. Hit that like button. Um, remember, I'm going to be doing a talk with uh, Astrology uh, Victoria, um, British Columbia. I'll, I'll put a, um, it's a fixed star talk. I'll put a link to that. And uh, check out that, that podcast I did with Kat Rose in her um, Creative Introvert podcast. We covered some really interesting topics and I'm really, really excited about that talk. And uh, she was a great, a great host and a very intelligent astrologer. And we, uh, there was a good vibe going there. So that's what I've got for today. Uh, if you'd like to make a material donation to the work that I do, I have a Venmo at Spencer Michaud and a PayPal me, paypal.me backslash backsplash Spencer Michelle. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's what I've got for you. Be kind to one another, have patience, try not to get caught up in, in the conflict or in a fixed position. Uh, remember, you know, things can get out of control really quickly. If you, you don't keep your, your center and your equilibrium this week and into the next week and uh, be kind to yourself. Uh, the reason we can be kind to one another is that we accept ourselves where we are and who we are. And a lot of the times when we're lashing out at other people, it's because it's a projection of something that we don't like about ourselves. So that's something to reflect on this week as well. So that's what I've got. Uh, I will see you all the next time. Take care, everyone. Peace.